Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. And you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. <clears throat> We have a terrific show for you today, including guest uh, Pastor Rick Stevens. He is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll also visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Dr. George Markovich is an orthopedic surgeon. He replaced both of my knees in 2006 and my hip last year. And we'll also visit uh, with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, as well. It is July the 6th, and I understand 1775, one day after restating their fidelity to King George III and wishing him a long and prosperous reign, in the Olive Branch Petition, many people aren't aware of this, Congress set forth the causes and necessity of taking up arms against British authority in the American colonies. The Declaration also proclaimed their preference to die free men rather than live as slaves as in the Olive Branch Petition, Congress never impugned the motives of the British king. Instead, they protested the large strides of late uh, taken by uh, legislature of Great Britain towards establishing over these colonies their absolute rule. Congress provided a history of colonial relations in which the king served as the sole governmental connection between the mother country and the colonies until, in their eyes, <clears throat> The victory against France in the Seven Years' War caused Britain's new ministry finding all the foes of Britain subdued to fall upon an unfortunate idea of subduing her friends also. According to the Declaration, the king's role remained constant, but Parliament uh, then uh, for the first time assumed a power of unbounded legislation over the colonies of America, which resulted in bloodletting at Lexington and Concord in 1775. At this point, Congress assumed that if the king could merely be made to understand what Parliament and his ministers had done, he would rectify the situation to return the colonists to their rightful places, full equal members of the British Empire. When the king sided with Parliament, however, Congress moved beyond a declaration of arms and to uh, this olive branch to a declaration of independence the following year. That's the story. They did try. They really tried to mend fences uh, with the king, but uh, to no avail. Governor Ron DeSantis announced that Florida uh, Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles uh, has published a list of out-of-state license classes that are invalid in Florida as of July the 1st, 2023, in, in accordance with a Senate bill, uh, SB 1718. This list is available on the website, the FLHSMV public website, and notifies visitors of invalid licenses no longer accepted in the state. Earlier in this year, Governor DeSantis signed SB 1718, the strongest anti-illegal immigration legislation in the country. Among other provisions to combat Biden's border crisis, the bill prohibits issuance of a driver's license to anyone who does not provide proof of lawful presence in the United States and specifies that out-of-state driver licenses issued exclusively to illegal aliens are invalid in Florida. Those presenting an invalid out-of-state license uh, during a traffic stop, will be subject to penalties, as if they didn't have a license. 
someone who is in our country illegally and has violated our laws should not possess a government-issued ID which allows them to access state-funded services and other privileges according afforded to lawful residents, said Governor DeSantis. The Biden administration may continue to abdicate its responsibilities to secure our border, but Florida will stand for the rule of law, said the governor. Even if the federal government refuses, Florida will act decisively to protect our citizens, our state, and our country. Currently, 18 states, uh, the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico, issue driver's license to illegal aliens. And the list is, there's 18 of them, but uh, among them, for example, Virginia, Maryland, uh, Connecticut, just to name a couple, Hawaii. So, uh, as I understand it, uh, many people who are here illegally here in Florida are turning tail and running to other states. Well, the interesting thing is we need these people who are here legally and uh, hopefully we can start to create some sort of situation where people can come into the country legally rather than illegally. Americans are segregating by their politics at a rapid clip, helping to fuel the greatest divide between the states in modern history. The state swings aren't simply due to transplants, of course. The increasing clustering of Americans into like-minded enclaves, dubbed the Big Sort, uh, has many causes. Harvard professor Ryan Enos uh, estimates that at least before the pandemic, only 15% of homogeneity was due to people moving. Other causes include political parties polarizing on hot-bitten issues that split neatly on demographic lines, such as guns and abortion and voters adopting their neighbors' partisanship. And I think that's, uh, you know, human behavior, in my opinion, is contagious. And I, as are politics, and I think people are influenced by each other when, and as a consequence, People tend to cluster around certain ideas that form kind of a community. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> right now, for example, down here, I think everybody feels comfortable waving a Donald Trump flag. I don't think that's the case in some places. So there are major differences, and people are becoming more and more polarized. With all the histrionics surrounding the Supreme Court decision banning racial preferences, uh, a.k.a. affirmative action, in college admission policies, one fact that has been ignored is the income gap between black and white Americans has not widened. It's actually gotten smaller in the last 40 years. Since 1980, black males have seen an income gains that are double the income gains of white males, and black females have doubled their real incomes. This isn't because of racial preference in college admissions. Most blacks don't even attend four-year colleges, and the gap between blacks and whites has been narrowing for non-college occupations. Alas, the uh, racial uh, earnings gap is still substantial, but two factors that uh, the left refuses to talk about explain most of the black-white income divide today. First, the high percentage of black children, more than half in major cities, are growing up in fatherless homes. Dads matter a lot. And second, a large majority of black children aren't reading or doing math at anywhere near grade level proficiency because of horrible inner city public schools. School choice is by far the best income escalator for black Americans as it is for all Americans. And of course, we're very proud here that Florida is leading the pack in that regard. <clears throat> Uh, you've probably heard about the heartbreaking poll result that only 39% of Americans are very proud of our country and that the number is getting worse for young Americans. That's the AOC generation. And why is that? Well, maybe because our incompetent public schools don't teach kids about our country. 
Last year, only 13% of 8th graders met proficiency standards for U.S. history. Only a fifth of students uh, scored at the above or proficient levels in civics or explaining our government and policy structures. Those are the lowest levels ever recorded. GOP presidential candidate Vivek uh, Ramaswamy has a smart idea on how to reverse those dismal scores. We should require that every high school senior who graduates from high school should be required to pass the same civics test required of every immigrant who comes and becomes a naturalized citizen in this country. Young people don't value a country they just inherit. They value a country when they have a stake in knowing something about it, he said. We need to think outside the line, partisan, and identity boxes to ask ourselves how our kids' generation once again to be proud of the United States and their country uh, here in the United States of America. I think he's, he's on to something right there. I think that's a great idea. Now, parenthetically, here in Florida, we have initiative to, uh, starting with teachers, we're training teachers. There's about 10,000 going through this 50-hour training uh, on civics. This will enhance their ability to teach civics uh, to uh, their students. And of course, there's a requirement to take a civics exam here in Florida for all uh, students in public schools. So this is all extremely positive here in Florida. The rest of the country is catching up. The cost of Biden-era new federal regulations imposed at the pace surpassing those of the Obama administration amount to almost, and I get this, $10,000 per household per year. Uh, that according to economist Casey Mulligan of the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. And if regulatory costs continue to rise at the same rate as they did during the Obama administration, the total cost of Biden's rulemaking over the eight-year period uh, would almost reach $60,000 per household. By contrast, four years of Trump regulatory moves reduced regulatory costs by almost $11,000 per household. That's pretty compelling, isn't it? Oh, and, and the Biden uh, federal agencies underestimated the actual cost of their rulemaking by about 256%. Government re regulation may be the single greatest barrier to prosperity. And this according to the uh, Committee to Unleash Prosperity. It's pretty significant. And, of course, we remember that Trump uh, worked very hard to get rid of regulations. And you know what? It didn't uh, put great, greater risk at all. In a daring 4th of July statement, Ben and Jerry's has taken a social media to urge the United States to return what they refer to as stolen indigenous land. The ice cream company's Independence Day poster on Twitter stirred a divisive uh, response among its followers as they tweeted, the United States was founded on stolen indigenous land this 4th of July. Let's commit to returning it, they said. In a parallel uh, message displayed on the website, Ben and Jerry's contended the festivities and celebrations associated with July 4th can often overshadow a fundamental truth concerning the nation's origin. Now, if Ben and Jerry's were truly committed to uh, the land back movement it describes as all about restoring the rights and freedoms of indigenous people, then surely it could be a leader and return its own corporate headquarters and offices to the Native Americans first. Ben & Jerry's headquarters is in South Burlington, Vermont, which is the home of the Abenaki tribe before the British colonists came and before America was founded. Considering what the company is calling for, it doesn't seem too unreasonable for us to expect to step up, for them to step up, be the first to give their land back, and presumably return to Europe. So, uh, Ben & Jerry, you first. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll think about it. You go ahead and uh, give your land back to the uh, indigenous peoples. 
And on a parallel line of marketing place aimed at uh, provide a solution for Americans who want to shop with businesses aligning with conservative values is looking to go public. Now, if you think about it, why would we do business with people who hate us and don't like what we think? Makes no sense at all. So this is, I think, a winning idea. Columbia Acquisition Corp., a publicly traded acquisition company, has announced plans to merge with online marketplace Public Square, according to a June 30th press release. We have witnessed the pronounced need for the values of Main Street to be represented on Wall Street. Public Square provides that solution for an emerging parallel economy full of patriotic consumers that are ready to spend their money with companies they respect and share our values, said Michael Seifert. He's the founding and chief executive officer of Public Square. If you haven't visited, it's pretty pretty uh, compelling. Lots of good services. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has declared the registration statement of the merger on Form S-4 as effective. Uh, Columbia intends to hold a special meeting of stockholders on July the 19th, and they'll go ahead through the process of approving all this. Pretty neat move, and uh, again, uh, I'm all for this. Ben and Jerry, you guys, <clears throat> we just don't want your goods and services anymore. Bud Light, uh, Target, let's just do business with people who share our values. That's my that's my thought. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Pastor Rick Stevens, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. 
everyone. Every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CallYourSeniorCenter.org. That's CallYourSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, <clears throat> changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Pastor Rick Stevens. <clears throat> Excuse me, please. <clears throat> Pastor Rick is the uh, co-founder of a terrific organization having a really positive impact on public education here in Florida. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It's always great to talk with you, Bob. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, Pastor Rick. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, the Florida Citizens Alliance is a group of people just like everybody who's listening today. We care about the kids. We put them first. We want them to have the best opportunities for the best education possible. We believe that kids are smart and capable, and we want to take away the barriers and solve the problems that keep them from getting the best education. And so we try to be the voice of the parents and and teachers and aunts and uncles and grandparents that care about kids so we can speak up on their behalf and help the decision makers make good decisions and get the right things done. I would say uh, you're doing a terrific job, and again, uh, proof is uh, of the pudding is in the tasting and Florida is ranked as number one public education system in the United States. We're congratulations on that. Of course, we're not there yet. We got more to do, but uh, again, I think a lot of what the success we've had is because of the Florida citizens Alliance website, by the way, is goflca.com, goflca.com. I understand that the Supreme court decision, uh, in your opinion has, uh, made some decisions that really enhance opportunities here in Florida. Well, it really has, and I think people have uh, not processed everything that comes out of this opinion that was issued on June 30th, last, last week, actually. Interestingly, it was issued just before we celebrate our Declaration of Independence that led to the Constitution that gave us freedom of speech. Well, the, not to put too much wonkiness to it, the essential issue was, can the government compel a person to say something uh, that violates their deeply held convictions? or said another way, that violates their religious beliefs. Now, on the face of it, this seems like it should be an obvious, easy decision, but it was hard fought all the way through the courts and all the way to the United States Supreme Court. So they came time for the court to actually hear the case, and that took place last December. I was fortunate enough to be invited by the Alliance Defending Freedom to go to Washington, D.C., and to be there for that case. And so I went up there, and we had had a number of meetings. We had a, just a terrific meeting the night before with, with Lori Smith, who was the, the woman at the center of this controversy. And we heard her story. And, and it was just, you, you cannot believe some of the things that go on. Mm-hmm. She talked about how when, when she realized that the Colorado law, it was the state of Colorado that was trying to converse her. She lives in Colorado. 
when she realized that Colorado law could require her to say things that violated her deeply held convictions, her religious beliefs, she knew she had a problem. And so she took the initiative to stand up and say, no, I don't believe they can do this. The Alliance Defending Freedom stepped up to be her legal representation. And you cannot believe what resulted from her standing up and saying, I don't believe the government should compel me to to say this. Well, as soon as the word got out that she was fighting this, all manner of vile rhetoric and behavior was directed at her and her family. In the days after she stood up and filed this lawsuit, she was afraid for harm for herself and her daughter. She actually slept on the floor of her house because she was afraid someone might shoot through the windows and harm her. It it was unbelievable. And, And it got so bad that the emails she was receiving were so vile that her legal team had to assign a lawyer to screen the emails so she didn't have to see all of that stuff. Wow. So you get a little sense of the of the stakes of what's going on here that the political left is so bent on requiring people to think, believe and say what they want them to think, believe and say. Well, the case went all the way to the Supreme Court. We were there. We were outside in front of the court while the hearing was taking place. We had a rally in support of free speech and of her. And when we had this rally, this is this is what people find unbelievable. And, you know, I would have trouble and agree with them believing in it, but I was there. The enemies of free speech were out and obnoxious. They they were had these little handheld sirens that they played nearly continuously to disrupt the rally. They would say unbelievably vile things to us. They would try to force their way into the crowd and disrupt our peaceful assembly. And nobody did anything to stop them. That was the other really remarkable thing. Yeah. So you realize... And I say all of that so people will understand the opponents of free speech in this country are absolutely serious, and they are, and it's not too strong a way to say it, they are hell-bent on stopping us from expressing our deeply held convictions. Well, the case was heard by the court. Lori and her lawyer came out and spoke to us afterwards. And then, of course, you wait until the opinion is issued, which was last week. And thankfully, and I've been watching for this and wondering why it took so long, and I don't know why it took so long, but thankfully the court ruled in Lori's favor and agreed that the government cannot compel a person to say what the government wants them to say. Now, how does that affect our schools? Well, we have heard over the last few years, and I'm sure you've heard it too, Bob, that people in our school settings feel coerced to say the right things, to do the right things, to write, sometimes in, in the case of students, to write answers to tests that are the, the line that the school prescribes. And even if the student doesn't agree with it, they feel compelled to do it or they'll have their, their grade marked down. Of course. Well, based upon this Supreme Court case, the government can't penalize you because you have a deeply held conviction. So if a student disagrees with what the teacher is saying, they have every opportunity without penalty to write down their opinion. Now, that doesn't mean the student can disagree with the facts that we had the Declaration of Independence and we celebrated on July 4th. That The student can't do that. But if it comes to an opinion that, that the school is trying to force them to adopt, the, school doesn't, the, the student doesn't have to. But then I thought a little bit further. We've, we've understood that students have their rights. They don't lose their rights when they go to school. We've understood that for a while now. But the other side of that is 
think about the implications that has for teachers. Right. Because every now and then we hear these stories that a school is compelling a teacher to present a viewpoint that violates their deeply held convictions. I know of one case in Florida where a teacher just walked out and said, no, I won't teach that. That was several years ago. Well, now it seems to me, based on this uh, this court ruling, that the government can't compel anyone to carry its message if it violates their convictions. And I think that's good news for Florida students and particularly good news for Florida teachers because they now have a Supreme Court precedent that says, no, the government, and these remember, these are government schools, the government can't compel me to say something that violates my deeply held convictions. I think that's a huge step in the right direction. A huge step in the right direction, not only for the public school system in Florida, but for all Floridians and all Americans as well. So thank you for sharing that perspective, uh, uh, Pastor Rick. That's really important. Before I let you do, go, I just want to, I, I understand that you've got your annual fundraiser coming up next week. Maybe you could tell us about it. Well, we do. We're getting ready to kick off what we call our Liberty Challenge. And we are all about liberty. That's one of the core values that we have as an organization. And so we're trying to raise a whole bunch of money. And I know people wonder, well, what do you need all that money? I, I can hardly begin to tell you what, it's, what good it's going to do. From, from starting micro schools to this advocacy at the state capitol, all these things. But our goal is huge this year, biggest one we've ever had, because our organization keeps growing. But we're trying to raise $250,000 over the next few months starting next week. And if people will go to our website, and anything you can give goes a long ways toward helping. If you can only give a few dollars, we would definitely appreciate that, and we will use it carefully. If you can do more than that, wow, we really appreciate that too, because it costs a lot of money to do a lot of good, and we're trying to do a lot of good, and we will use your gifts carefully. Well, I would and say so. He, please, you know, if you could help, we'd, we'd appreciate it. I would certainly encourage our listeners because you're, the, the uh, Florida Citizens Alliance has done terrific yeoman work in terms of uh, making public edu- public education and school choice possible here in Florida. So again, goflca.com, goflca.com. Pastor Rick, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Bob. You have a good day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, I'm going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratuscale Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. You're a valued professional RN. There's a path that takes you to the next level. Hodges University offers an RN to BSN program that, like you, is way above average. 
RNs with a BSN have a faster track to pursuing leadership positions and can see faster hourly rate increases than those with an ASN. You can earn your BSN with Hodges in just one year. Classes are online and start in August. Scholarships are available. Become the next level nursing professional. Do more. Earn more. Be more. Visit Hodges.edu today. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Seton Motley. He is the founder and president of a terrific organization. It's called Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, good. Seton, tell us about Less Government. These damn digital phones. I'm trying to get it off speaker and it's fighting me. <laughs> um, it's, uh, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and it's a bit of an issue. It certainly is, but we appreciate your work on our behalf. We all want less government. So, your latest piece in lessgovernment.org is 101 million, the ridiculous FTC interference minimum. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, I, I, you know, you, you read about stuff, thinking you're, you know, looking for, uh, you're, you're writing it on a thread, and then you find these other things, and I found this a couple, uh, couple weeks ago, a week or so ago, and I just thought it was, you know, I, I mentioned it when I found it, but I thought it deserved its own attention. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the Federal Trade Commission, under Lena Khan, she's the chairman uh, that Joe, Joe Biden appointed, and she's being very, very hyperactive. And it, it seems like she's blocking every merger. And every little tiny merger, that, some of them that can be very beneficial. Uh, you know, I, if Google acquires something else, I want them examined. You know, you know they're a multi-trillion dollar company. Right. But, but just as one example I use, because I, I think it's pretty relevant, there's, there's four big airlines. Um, you know, it's, it's United American Southwest is fourth, and you can probably think of the third. Delta is, is one of the four. And then the drop-off after four is huge. I mean, it's the big four and then a bunch of also ran. Right. Well, Spirit and JetBlue are trying to combine. I think they're number six and number eight. And combined, they won't be half as big as number four. Wow. But you think, okay, this, you know, if they combine, there might be, you know, they can make a run at maybe being a fifth competitor against the big four. Right. Well, the, the, the FTC is trying to block that merger. Ridiculous. And you're like, why? What, you know, how is that bad for consumers that, you know, um, if Southwest were buying JetBlue, I'd say, okay, wait a minute, you know. Yeah. But the fact that two small guys are trying to get together and try to compete with the big guys, seems to me to be a step in the right direction when it comes to consumer advocacy. So anyway, they're, they're doing, she, it's like they're, she doesn't like, look, she's, she's a communist. She doesn't like economic activity. So any, any merger is economic activity and she wants to stop it. Well, I was wondering where she, you know, you know these people, have, where do they, you know, often they don't have any authority in law, but I, I, I went and looked. And the authority in law comes from a 1977 law, and it's named after three congressmen or uh, whatever, senators, who co-wrote the bill in, in 1977. 
and it was an update to the antitrust law, and the, and and that law established as a threshold, a minimum threshold, to for the FTC to get involved in the Department of Justice. Also, because of course you have to go through not one but two reviews on your merger, FTC and DOJ, and the threshold established by the seventy-seven law is a combined market value of $101 million. Now, our economy is $22 trillion. Two very tiny companies getting together can add up to $101 million. Right, exactly. Yeah. So basically what this is, is it's carte blanche for, for interference by the government. Because every merger, almost, I mean, unless you and I merge our car collection... Um, any merger is going to add up to $101 million. So, so she's got legal justification to be this hyperactive. And what I suggested was we have a chance for maybe some bipartisanship here, you know, update the amount and, and you know, maybe even index it to inflation. Yeah. Because it's, it's not fair that the government gets to inflate the money and then justify their involvement in even more mergers as a result. Because you inflate the money and then go, oh, 101 million, which which two months ago was actually 75 million. Or, or <laughs> you know a, what I mean? Or, or how about just at least giving us some compelling rationalization and reasoning why this is happening? Well, that's well. The, <clears throat> the problem with that is you can't really write that into law, right? With this arbitrary amount, and and the arbitrary amount, of course, is always silly because it's all it's. It's almost it, it's irrelevant before they print the law and send it to you know send it to the archives. Right. You know the the, the the amount becomes irrelevant. This is why we don't like the government setting prices. They one they don't know what they're doing, and two, there's a million market forces at work all the time. Yeah. And by the time they just pick a number, nine nine hundred thousand of the million market forces, and and the price they set is now totally irrelevant to the marketplace. Absolutely. So, so you want if you're gonna you're gonna have to do if you want to do that you're gonna have a threshold. You, it's hard to describe market conditions and stuff because they could change all the time. Absolutely. So they pick an arbitrary amount. Fine. Pick a much larger arbitrary amount and index it to inflation, so you don't get to involve yourselves in in, in more and more and more and more um, mergers because you've inflated the money supply. Seaton Motley, again, founder and president of Less Government. I hope you'll visit lessgovernment.org to read his columns, this and other ones, as well as visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. George Markovich. Uh, we're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden uh, Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Gain the skills you want so you'll be in demand by employers. That's what Hodges University's workforce readiness is all about. Choose your specialty from EV technician, automation, robotics, 
real estate, insurance, and electronics, to programming boot camps, supply chain management, and more. These classes are online, affordable, and focused on what you need to know. Learn more today by visiting hodges.edu and clicking on workforce readiness. Because with Hodges University, you'll stay near and go far. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. You just heard a commercial for uh, Dr. George Markovich. He replaced both of my knees in 2006. He also replaced my hip uh, last year. And I'm just so grateful for what he's contributed to my life. Dr. George Markovich is here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Good morning. Good morning to you, uh, Dr. Markovich. So, um, uh, first of all, again, thank you. I th- really appreciate what you've done to increase my mobility, give me an opportunity to be more flexible, more active in my life. So you've done a lot for me, and I'm really, really grateful. It is absolutely my pleasure. Um, it's what we live for. We have a you know great practice that's able to help people maintain their quality of life and try to eliminate or at least decrease markedly the amount of pain that they have to you know endure at times. Pain is normal, but uh, what we try to do is eliminate the causes that uh, contribute to it being out of control and impacting functional activities. So uh, it really is a pleasure. Well, and it's so important because, uh, you know, pain, chronic pain can just do so much to destroy the quality of life. I mean, it it affects your point of view. It affects your mood. It affects everything over time. Acute pain you can put up with for a while, but uh, if it's just day after day after day, it it needs to be addressed. And I just refer our listeners to Dr. George Markovich. 482-5399 is the uh, phone number. 482-5399. So uh, I started reading a book that you recommended to me. It's called Outlive the Science and Art of Longevity, by Dr. Peter Adia. It's just uh, really a fascinating read. The more I got into it, the more I said, this is really a life-changing stuff. I'd just love to get your thoughts on it. Well, I, I recommend it to a, a, you know quite a few people. It's, it's an excellent book because it validates some of the beliefs that I've had for a long, long time, but it articulates it better than I do uh, in a more comprehensive way. And it's science-based and it's strategic. You know, a lot of these books I read quite a few, you know, medical journals and books and try to stay up to date on pretty much everything because I've always considered myself a, a good medical person that knows how to perform surgery, right. not just a technician. And a lot of books 
basically just give you uh, <clears throat> tactics. Do this, don't do that. Uh, but they don't really go into the strategies that make up those tactics. This is more of a strategic book uh, that enables people to make their own decisions about what may work best for them uh, in terms of incorporating fundamental principles. So <clears throat> the things that you're really trying to do uh, long term is improve your quality of life. And as you said, you know, pain, when people have pain, it affects their mental health. It affects their immune system. It affects their ability to, you know, eat and enjoy and do things, you yeah. know. And and then uh, medicine uh, conventionally does a very poor job in terms of improving things. What it does is it uh, diagnoses patients, usually after they become significantly symptomatic, and then treats them pharmacologically and if you're on multiple medications, studies have shown that really over five medications, you're probably doing yourself more harm than good. Yeah. And so uh, what this book outlines are fundamental principles to try to uh, diagnose things before they happen. Yeah. Be aware of things that cause chronic diseases. When it comes to chronic diseases, the big four that, you know, uh, take people down... <laughs> you know, both uh, be before and after demise uh, or during demise uh, is um, cardiovascular disease, yeah. uh, neurode neurodegenerative conditions such as Alzheimer's, endocrine abnormalities, uh, diabetes and so forth, metabolic X syndrome, uh, and cancer. Those are the things that, you know, really impact the quality of life uh, and, and, almost uh, make the last decade of people's existence, uh, you know, not fun. Let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think the strategies outlined in this book are very sound uh, in order to improve not only longevity, how long you last on this earth, but uh, health span, how much you can enjoy it, how much you can enjoy being with family and friends and being out of pain and walking and doing things that give you true pleasure and joy. Yeah, absolutely, Doctor. And, and to me, uh, his focus seems to be, look, we want to expand not only your lifespan, but your, as you call it, the, your, your health span, which means uh, not only being able to exist on the earth for a longer period of time, but also to be able to enjoy that time and be active. And uh, his his pr premise, which to me is just breakthrough in, in my mind, is, look, when, when you get diagnosed with cancer, that didn't just happen overnight. That, that has been in development for a long period of time, or heart disease. And uh, we should work harder, uh, not only personally as, as patients, but also as a medical profession, to be able to help people understand what's going on in their bodies and to be able to anticipate these things and prepare for them and put them off. Exactly right. Um, and <clears throat> there's really a fundamental understand misunderstanding, even among doctors, <clears throat> of what cancer is. Abnormal cell growth. I mean, everybody has cancer. I have cancer right now. Yeah. But my body, hopefully, can control it and uh, not allow whatever particular cell to go uh, awry and multiply beyond the, ab the body's ability to control it and prevent deleterious effects. So I think it's a fascinating trustees. Uh, I think that uh, it lends support to things that really matter. 
as we learned <laughs> during the pandemic, <laughs> there's a lot of information that doesn't make a lot of sense, even promulgated by people that should know better. Yeah. And uh, you've recommended books to me regarding that. Um, this is a very good read, and it has very important strategic uh, information that helps people improve their ability to enjoy life. Well, uh, not only to make recommendations, but uh, as you pointed out, it's tactics would be go on a diet, eat this, don't eat that, that type of thing. What he does is he's, he's trying to give you the information and to be able to prepare yourself, to put together your own strategy for extending your life and having better uh, health span, as, as he calls it. Uh, and by the way, speaking of the pandemic, I mean, uh, that's a good example, I think, of people not trusting their immune system. I mean, we, we went through these machinations that were so deleterious and so harmful to our society and to individuals, and yet people bought in and didn't, you know, they lost sight of what's, what's real. Because there was fear-mongering, yeah. and you are exactly right. The immune system uh, is the uh, system that will help control cancer, not pharmacologic interventions, not necessarily diet-related things. You know, cancer is complex because of fundamental misunderstandings. <clears throat> and, you know, whether it's been divided into body parts rather than cell types, genetics was supposed to have the answers. It didn't. It's really about uh, uh, strengthening people's immune systems to the point where it can control abnormal cell growth. Yeah. And the, the, the strategies also work for viral illness and bacterial illness. So uh, it's really unfortunate that society went in a certain direction and still is. We will have these effects for many, many years. And I'm hopeful that true information that's factually based, such as this book, will help people and, you know, what you do and what I do on a day-to-day -day basis will help people uh, have more awareness to the things that are true and sound rather than uh, emotionally charged uh, information that uh, pushes them in a direction that really isn't in their best interest or in society's best interest. Absolutely. The name of the book, for our listeners' benefit, Outlive the Science and Art of Longevity by Peter, Dr. Peter Adia, A-T-T-I-A. -T -T -A. It's well worth, I just really encourage you to take a look. It's, it is life-changing information. I'm just really, really pleased, uh, Doctor, that you introduced me to the, to the uh, book. And by the way, I want to just recommend, uh, again, Dr. George Markovich, my orthopedic surgeon, done so much for me in my life. And uh, if you're dealing with joint pain, there's no need for that. Uh, you can get solutions. In some case, I think Dr. Uh, Markovich treated me for a couple years before I actually had surgery and needed surgery. I finally said begged him for surgery because of the pain. But uh, nevertheless, uh, again, Dr. George Markovich, for, phone number, write this down, 482-5399, 482-5399. Dr. Markovich, I really appreciate your being on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob.
Bob Harton Show, here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Rue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. ask yourself why people are the way they are. If you're fascinated by human behavior and you want to make a career of it, you know where you need to start? Hodges University with a bachelor's degree in applied psychology. Your professors are practicing professionals that bring your classes to life with live chat discussions and various projects. You know, having a deeper understanding of what motivates people can lead to careers in counseling, sales, human resources. Your passion can be your career. So get started today. What are you waiting for? Visit Hodges.edu or stop by their campus in Fort Myers. They're at the corner of Colonial and Winkler. Because with Hodges University, you're going to stay near and go far. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. Uh, We get the politics and know the policy, and we help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the legislature. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, thank you so much for asking me to join you. How's that? Oh, it's fabulous. It's always a pleasure <laughs> to have you on the show. And hey. I know I know uh, the city is winding down a little bit right now. The city council has uh, taken their well-deserved break. I'm saying that a little bit tongue-in-cheek. But yeah, okay. <laughs> so what are your thoughts? Well, I got a couple of things. The first one, though, that struck me for the whole week was when I saw that Blue Provence has been sold. Yeah, that's something else, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm figuring my friends, the Hardens, will have no place to eat whatsoever in Naples anymore. What are they going to do? 
<laughs> well, you know, the interesting thing is I, I talked to Jacques, and, of course, that, that all has to, has to go through the process of being finally negotiated and closed. Right. And, and so, uh, you know, there's a lot of slips between the cup and the lip. Uh, I'm not yeah. suggesting there's any information that I know that would suggest that might happen, but nevertheless, it's not a done deal, I guess is my point. Right, right, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it, it would be they like to make headlines and everything, but I'm sure there's a lot of things that need to be worked out, and hopefully, Bob, without knowing one thing, I hope that that he will just be a property owner or a landlord and uh, let them continue doing what they do so well and and uh, run the number one French restaurant in uh, Naples and Collier County and anywhere else for that matter. So. We'll wait and see. Yeah, and on the other hand, I will say that if uh, Mr. Hoffman and his organization uh, expresses an interest in having something and owning it, they usually get their way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Money talks, Bob. Yeah, no question. <laughs> but uh, listen, they, they, they're a wonderful organization, uh, Jacques and his uh, son and the family, and uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that they stay in business at least a couple more years or whatever, so... Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. The um, I'm going to tell you uh, t- two things um, briefly. Uh, that before they went on, the council went on vacation. They had this, you know, this long, long meeting, and uh, the mayor was getting quite perturbed toward the end of the meeting. And all of a sudden, she pops out, and she says, and this is a quote. She said, "After all, we are a new council." Well, I'll tell you what. Um, there was like a, a split second of dead silence there. <laughs> and members, a new council after three years. Yeah, where did that come from? Uh, I just um, uh, sometimes it comes out with stuff that I just can't quite figure out. And the other thing is, is that you know, there's uh, uh, Tom Weschler, our chief, has 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 uh, retired. Uh, after a, a, a long career and a good one, you know, he was with, uh, he was a major over in Miami before he even came here. And he's been here, I think, 15 years, something like that. Mm. And uh, I, I like him very much. But he's, he's retiring. And um, the word is, and, and what they're doing is, and it was surprising to me, is that, you know, it's the city manager's responsibility to, um, to uh, uh, negotiate and to 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 get a new um, a new chief in, and um, normally what you would do would be to, of course, look for a firm, uh, and uh, that does that, that specializes in it. You and I are familiar with them for all the years that I was doing it, and all the different uh, scenarios that go with it. And um, uh, it's my understanding that Jay, the city manager, uh, is, is has reached out, but. I don't think that they hired a firm. Um, I think he's got a, about a hundred and hundred and thirty applicants because the word gets out, of course, through the police, um, uh, do, you know, um, brochure, brochure uh, newspapers, and et cetera. They have their own publications, obviously, and uh, that then there's a small committee that has been appointed to uh, interview, and I'm sure they're not going to interview all of them. They will narrow, they'll narrow it down and then uh, do the interview process. But my biggest point to you today is, Bob, we, ha- we do have some wonderful officers that are uh, on board now that have been with this department a long time that are high class, and uh, they have applied as well. Um, and I hope that if anybody is given consideration that they're going to be giving a, 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 given a 
top priority um, uh, uh, look. You know what I'm saying? I, I do. So, no, in other words, uh, we should uh, take a look at uh, uh, what we have, our resources within, before looking outside the organization. Right, exactly. Because, you know, it's always good. You're, you know, you've been a businessman all your life, and, and it's always good to hire from within if, if possible. Right. You know? Uh, and not break the chain. You have good people that came up through the system, and I, I've known a lot of them. Um, and we've seen some success stories from those that have left. Uh, our uh, officer John Barkley, um, who started off, you know, as a rookie with Naples Police Department, um, is is the uh, police chief at Treasure up at Treasure Island now, and huh. uh, loves it. And they love him. I mean, you just. So those stories happen. Well, the, the, the other thing is, uh, Bill, uh, that is, if, yeah. is if you have a successful organization, and I, I believe that the, the uh, Naples Police Department is successful, low crime rate, uh, quick responses, all the metrics that you want to consider for law enforcement. I mean, I think that uh, the Naples Police Department, if I'm not mistaken, has those things. Then, you know, it especially is compelling to consider somebody who knows the system and can come in and, pr and provide leadership. Right, exactly, exactly. And look, they, you know, these are tough times with with uh, with police departments, no doubt about it. Sheriff's department, you know, they're always looking for for officers. Yeah, I know my buddy Carmine Carmine up there in Fort Myers. Boy, I'll tell you what, he sees someone that uh, has potential. He's going to hire him. There's no two ways about it. It's a difficult it's a difficult task these days. So you got to hold on to what you have and not lose them. And uh, yeah, NPD has, has has always been a good department. They, they they like everybody else have their have their flaws and have had some issues. But listen, I don't know anybody that doesn't. So that's, that's bottom right. line is, I hope they use really good judgment. I'm sure Jay will, and we'll get someone good in there. But my my big point is, I hope they go from within. I do too. Bill Barnett again, former mayor of Naples, giving us the true scoop on what's happening in the, uh, locally here on the Paradise Coast. I just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. And if you get out there, uh, drink lots of water. All right. Thank you so much, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we have some great guests for tomorrow, including William Yateman. He is the senior legal fellow at the Pacific Legal Foundation. Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston. Uh, Dean Clancy is with Americans for Prosperity. He'll be joining us as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.